Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for WISP Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Debbie Jackson. She's the Executive Director of the Transportation Development Association of Wisconsin. Debbie, thanks so much for coming on today's show. Well, thanks for the invite. Absolutely. So let's get right into it. I'm really interested in your thoughts on the federal infrastructure dollars that will be flowing into Wisconsin. In your opinion, how can those funds be best spent for maximum benefit to the state? And what should our listeners really know about this topic? Well, that's that's a a lot there, but I think first and foremost, I would say this is a great opportunity for the state and for our nation. The Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, also called the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, is a $1.2 trillion bill. It's very complicated. It has about 500 billion new spending, about 270 billion is related to transportation. At its core, it's a five-year surface transportation reauthorization with significant investment for uh, roads and bridges, public transportation. Um, There's also uh, funding for ports, waterways, uh, airports, and rail. And there are a lot of aspects to it. What we've seen primarily in the press in the early days um, is the funding that is known, and that's coming through the formula programs. You'll hear a lot about uh, what we're gonna get in investment over the next five years. It's primarily formula funds. We have federal aid highway funds for roads and bridges, which will be at about $200 million a year. Uh, There is $45 million a year specifically for bridges. Uh, $30 million more a year for public transportation, and about $39 million a year for an airport infrastructure grant program. This is kind of the starting point. Um, There's also numerous discretionary grant programs with sizable dollars attached, and they cover anything from port improvements to multimodal projects, to um, ways in which we can make our infrastructure more resilient, but we don't know what Wisconsin's share of that will be. Those uh, programs, we have to have the right project and we have to apply to the right program and we have to make our case. And these programs, my guess, will be competitive. So we're gonna have to make a a good case. The other thing I would kind of throw out just for people who are not familiar with transportation funding, which is a lot of people, right? Um, There are significant portions of this bill that are reliant on Congress passing the federal appropriations bill for fiscal year 2022. So the federal fiscal year starts on October 1st of last year for 22. Mm -hmm. We have been working under a continuing resolution since that, which means that Congress hasn't finished their work, so we're being funded at fiscal year 21 levels. 
which means that all of the increases that I have just discussed, not all of them have happened at this point. Hmm. We're still waiting. And I think that's often lost in, in, in the discussion. Um, and we're, the current resolution expires on March 11th. We are very hopeful that at that point we will have the full year appropriations and we will really begin to be able to have the dollars flow and get these uh, dollars out there. Okay, great. Well, that's a good level set to set a framework for our discussion and for our listeners going forward, just understanding this pretty complex issue. And you talked about kind of the forward outlook for Wisconsin just a bit at the end. I'm curious, how do you expect transportation infrastructure development to proceed over the coming years? As you mentioned, there's still some clarity to be had about a lot of these federal dollars, but you know, there's been talk about more passenger rail in the state, more infrastructure for electric vehicles. With that in mind, you know, what kind of trends are you keeping an eye going forward? And I think there are two sides of that question there. Um, on the actual deployment of the dollars, passenger rail would fall under the category of the grants that we're going to have to kind of wait and see. I think passenger rail is certainly a possibility given this bill, and I know Amtrak is looking at a number of routes here in Wisconsin. So that could be good news at a future date. I think at kind of the core programs, I think what you're going to see is, you know, Wisconsin businesses and residents are going to benefit as the state and local governments uh, uh, start rebuilding, rehabilitating, and maintaining our, our roads and bridges with a focus on pri providing safety to everyone who uses the roads, including cyclists and, and pedestrians, as we invest in public transportation, which is really critical as we are trying to connect employees and employers in a very, very tight job market. And then, of course, there are the supply chain benefits associated with um, airport, port, waterway, and rail improvements. Um, and yes, I'm talking about addressing a backlog of repair on an, an existing infrastructure, but this means savings to businesses and residents of Wisconsin in both time and money. Um, you know, the estimate is that, you know, roads that need repair cost Wisconsin drivers about, uh, what is the number? $547 a year. So that's additional wear and tear on your car. That is your reduced fuel efficiency. So when we're talking about how these investments could affect Wisconsin businesses, we have 600 bridges in the state about that are weight restricted. This means that a, you know, an agricultural uh, industry or manufacturing forest paper products that they may have issues and may have additional costs because they have to do detours of many miles. And the exciting thing about the $45 million is that we may be able to significantly reduce these weight restricted bridges and therefore provide savings to Wisconsin's, some of our key industries. Great, well, Debbie, that uh, definitely highlights some really great opportunities here in the state. And I think some of the challenges as well, you mentioned um, the backlog of work and then, you know, hundreds of, of bridges that could 
really provide an opportunity for improvement there. Any other, as we're kind of wrapping up the interview here, any other challenges or opportunities you'd like to highlight for our listeners? I think that there are several opportunities that are also challenges. So we have the IIGA, which is a huge opportunity. It gives us some time to address one of the key issues facing Wisconsin transportation is how are we going to fund transportation long term? The gas tax is the single largest source of revenue at both the state and federal level. And you've made reference to uh, electronic or electric vehicles. Um, and there was a big push in the IIGA for us to electrify transportation. One of the issues, of course, is that that puts, um, that puts in question um, the major funding source for transportation. So I think it's important as we look at this that we take the time to understand that we need to fairly quickly figure out what comes after the gas tax. Um, and this is really compounding um, issues facing Wisconsin transportation from flat fixed fees, user fees that don't uh, adjust with inflation like sales tax or income tax. So I think that's challenges. I think that you've mentioned also trends. You know, we're coming out of a pandemic. We saw a lot of changes in how we live and work during the pandemic. The challenge is going to figure out which one of those stay. Well, you know, we know remote work is gonna stay around. You know, are we going to continue to video conference instead of going to getting in a car or on a plane to meet? Um, we have all figured out how to have delivery sent to our house from groceries to uh, what we're gonna eat tonight. And the real question is, what's the new normal, which I think all industries are asking and transportation has the same. And then we have emerging technologies, which have huge benefits, but like the EV transition, could have some challenges along the way. And we're talking about you know, connected and autonomous vehicles. And I think if we've learned anything over the last two years, what we really need to be able to do is adapt to change uh, because it seems to be coming at us pretty fast and furious. And I think the transportation industry and the Wisconsin Department of Transportation have done a really good job of that over the last couple of years. Excellent. Well, that gives us a lot to think about going forward, Debbie, and uh, really appreciate your perspective on on some of these, as I said, complicated issues, but certainly will be impacting industries across the state. Uh, Debbie, thanks again for coming on the show. It's been great to speak with you. Thank you. You've been listening to WIS Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.